0: Sorry, brackets, I can't be in the band anymore, is the name of that
1: one. I mean, you could have let me know a bit sooner. (laughs) Look. I just got Kira Peru on the phone and she's she's keen to jump on.
0: Sorry to let you down, mate, but oh, <laughs> we've just got to move on. No, um, it is by local Central Coast artist, Dialectic. Uh, he's an artist that we've been in contact with for a little while now, who we accidentally snubbed some years ago as well. <laughs> but we've turned all that around. We've turned a new page and Patrick Dialectic is in the studio now with us. We're so keen to chat to you. Patrick, welcome to Homebrewed. Thank you. Happy to be here. So, um, first of all, I think it's it's good to just start with an introduction um, to you, how you came about and also kind of some of your influences, because the first thing that struck me when I heard your music was how unique it was to be hearing mm. something um, like this, particularly coming out of the Central
2: Coast. So, just give us, yeah, a kind of brief rundown of, of you as an artist and where that all started. So my background's in drumming. I was in a lot of bands for a long time in Newcastle. Then around 2016, 17, when I, um, I became a father for the first time, I, I couldn't commit to bands anymore, and I, I didn't know what to do. I, you know, I drumming was really important counterweight for me to help me, you know, with my mental health and emotions. And I was like, "What am I going to do?" And it was something I, I taught myself how to play the drums. So it was really important driving force for me. So I just started writing some music in my music room for the the short amount of times I had or two o'clock in the morning when I couldn't sleep after trying to put the bub to bed. (laughs) And so I started collecting these sounds and I started deliberately recording through old... Uh, software or versions of Garage Band, because I appreciate you you, you listening and, and being interested in uniqueness. Because a lot of my interest comes from like video game music, for instance, and so I was trying to emulate some of those sounds and just doing it for the fun of it. And then a couple of years later, I, I started to think about, hey, I wonder if I could release these these songs. You know, they seem to to, to flow and they fit, fit together with themes. And I wondered, the next step was I wonder if I could perform these live and what that would look like. The problem for me is I really like electronic music. I just don't like electronic shows overall. I want to see someone sweat when they're playing, you know, (laughs) and often it's them pushing buttons um, with really nice light shows and visuals, you know, but sometimes I think that's to mask that it's just like listening to their music on a really good sound system. Yeah. So I was like, I wonder if I can infuse my drumming my live drumming my acoustic sound with the electronics and try and perform something live Um, and that's what I've been really you know sharpening and working on the last five years really the recordings are really important to me but the live sounds are a whole other aspect you know something that uh, that I put a lot of effort into as well so it doesn't just finish with the recordings of the the songs I try and provide something interesting and special when I play live as well.
1: well well Dig into your to your live shows in a little bit, but you mentioned the the video game element, which mm. is something that I did hear when I listened to music. <laughs> I was like, Oh it sounds a bit video gaming, like yeah, yeah. I could picture it in a couple of different yeah. scenarios. But you mentioned the, you know, your drumming background and how you have Mm. that sort of acoustic drumming and the electronic music and the fusion Mm. as well. What sort of, you know, playing in bands and listening and enjoying electronic music probably doesn't sound like a natural match so how did mm. that sort of relationship come together
2: yeah it stemmed from like you've mentioned with video games if you go back and you play some of these old video games like a good example is Goldeneye sixty four. i grew up with that you go back and play that it's not as good as we remember i'm sorry <laughs> spoiler alert but it's actually pre- it's pretty archaic yeah. but the one thing the one thing that has an age is the music music, I would encourage anyone to go and just go on YouTube and listen to it. It is phenomenal. And it's done with a very restricted, you know, MIDI files, like they could only fit so much on the, the cartridge. So what they managed to do with so little was really inspiring for me. So that's why I said, uh, I deliberately use old software, old garage band. I use my Roland kit. And so where I Merge those sounds. That my frame of reference would be bands like Battles. There's a band out of the United States. Sorry, they're not local per se, but you know, although he did drum, the drummer uh, did drum for Mark Kane, which is an Australian band. So there no, no, we go. We've got, got a connection. connection. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> but um, they fuse, in, in, and I'm not comparing myself to Battles anyway, Shavey. They are next level. Um, but they fuse electronica, and their drummer John Stania, who's a very strong influence for me, has a very small kit, and he just he sounds almost mechanical. But he's fluid and and he's, he's listening and responding to what they're playing And it's all about composition So I'm really interested in composition as in tension and release As in I don't want to listen to a song that starts and finishes the same I want it to build up and maybe go somewhere different and again, a lot of electronic music, I think, is particularly good at that. But then when you go to see it live, it's often a bit of a letdown, I think. <laughs> There's only so many drops I can hear, <laughs> but, you know, before I know, ah, oh, this is coming. So I think bands like Battles, the band out of Switzerland called Young Gods that were really famous in the 90s, again, they have a keyboardist, they have a drummer and they have a singer and they merge those worlds really well. So those sort of bands were a bit of a inspiration, and but really more than anything, video, video game music and, and just the uh, the amount of quality that's in that music for games that, uh, yeah, often are very, very old.
1: Yeah. Remind yeah. me of like as a kid playing like my, my Game Boy or like, you know, Nintendo 3DS or you mm. know so- something like that where, yeah, the music is quite not two-dimensional, but you know what I mean? Mm. There's not really a lot going on. It's a very simple sort of process. Mm. And I can hear those themes throughout the songs that you sent us. Your live show will... We'll touch on that now. I'm very intrigued. You played at Lincoln Pin recently. Mm-hmm. How do you go about not making it just a boring electronic show and actually adapting it to, to suit your style?
2: Yeah, so I, I play the songs through a, a Roland sampler, it's a very famous sampler. At People would have seen it. It's called an SBDSX. Um, and what it's beautiful for drummers because it, it sits to the side of you and you can trigger it with your drumstick. So you can trigger tracks. You can influence the sound, adding reverb or echo. So you can play to those tracks. So what I'm essentially doing is playing my music and I've got my drum kit there, my full acoustic kit, and I'm playing to the, the songs. Um, so some of the songs have got to be followed in a very particular way Other songs I might improvise bits or change or extend. Like I might know I've got a 30-second gap here, so I might sort of play something different each time and what I try and do is have those those ups and downs, those tension release, I throw in a couple of cheeky covers as well like Beverly Hills Cop or you know, I might throw in some video game music or I might even throw in something like uh, there's a really good artist called Hudson Mohawk electronic artist, I might throw in one of his songs and what I've recently started doing is having visuals playing in the background as well that, are, uh, that fit with the themes of my music. What I mean by that is when I write songs, like the two songs that I sent you, that, that you kindly played, th- there, there's a theme in my mind as I'm writing it. I'm trying to transfer an emotion, even if for a lot of people that's hard to sort of understand without lyrics, that mm. you can communicate something. I'm trying to convey something that I was feeling, like the song S- S- Shosham, which is about meditation and that sense of being in calm, but then having this chaos, this, this chaos coming over the top. I have a video, a film that was put together by a UK director playing in the background and those images fit the music I'm playing. So again, it's... Attempting to somewhat, almost be like a bit of a recital, but hopefully again you're still seeing someone sweating up on this <laughs> day. You know, I'm I'm tired afterwards. Which I've given my all. That's as best I can describe the live sort of sound. The
0: best way is to see it live, and yeah. we'll, we'll touch on shows that you will have upcoming lately, like that. Hopefully, you listening. That's that's pricked your interest because it sure has with us too. It's something I think. By the sounds of it, you're best off experiencing. Mm. Um, and I can so relate to that. I've been to some electronic artists where I'm like, this is good, but like,
1: yeah. you just
0: hit and play for the most part. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's what it feels like sometimes. They're just hitting space on the keyboard and then just dancing and yeah. hoping everyone yeah, likes the yeah, beat. Yeah. <laughs> like
0: it's all about their animation. Yeah. Um, but there's a, yeah. another artist who we would have, we played on uh, with my Monday mask, Juno Mamba. Uh, he's an artist from Melbourne. Different kind of part of the electronic spectrum to you, but I saw him live and he played more elements than I thought were possible Mm. in this digital thing. So I really have a lot of respect for that. Mm. Um, In terms of how you construct songs, it sounds to me like you – have a real interest in the theory of music mm. um, and, and structure and how, how songs are constructed too. So is that yeah. is that true? Is it, are you a bit of a theory nerd in that regard? It's
2: ironic because I do, but I have no theory background. I'm self-taught. <laughs> I cannot tell you the, the chords or octaves in the songs I've sent you. I have no idea what they are. <laughs> I just know what I, I like the sound of. So yes and no. I, I like theory as in uh, composition theory and how things move me. I try not to understand intellectually what that is because music for me is always as corny as it sounds supposed to be in a An emotion, it's supposed to move me, but I don't actually have any formal training. I taught myself the drums. I taught myself that software. I taught myself that electronic music, which, for better or worse, I think sometimes is an advantage because people are like, "Oh, people heard it. Oh, it's so odd how you went from this to that." And they explain. I was like, "Oh, did I?" Like, (laughs) yeah, yes, yes, yes. actually, (laughs) that was totally intentional, you know. And I, and I think, um, yeah, that there's So no, no, I don't have any formal training, but I'm always interested knowing like I said the composition so was there a motif was there a theme was there some melody that was off to the side panned really far left that you you only heard on the 30th time you know like that sort of and that's again what I like about it's not just writing it but also mixing I mix in a master it and I perform it so if it's If it's not, if it's crap, the music, you got no one else to blame but me. (laughs) Um, If people don't like it, which, you know, it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea. It's totally, like, totally okay with that. If you don't like or you do like it, the the responsibility very much squarely sits with me. (laughs) And it always starts with the drums because I'm a drummer. So I write a drum beat and I build everything around that because that's the thing that I always go back to as a listener is what's the drummer doing? what's the beat what's the rhythm
0: very important part yeah. as you would attest yeah. to to any construction of, of of any music really that involves it um, in terms of of you actually operating out of the Central coast the other thing that kind of struck us when we were looking at your music is that you're there's there's not many I don't know if there's anyone comparable from our area making mm. music anything like that so Has that been isolating or has it been empowering uh, in terms of coming out of this area and not really having peers in the same way to bounce off? Obviously, you've played Linkin Pin, you've got a lot of Mm. love there. So it's not like there's people that don't like your music. I'm sure there's heaps, Mm. us included, but to not have anyone um, also producing it.
2: What's that been like? Yeah, that's a good question. I think uh, that's why I primarily taught. Well, I primarily played shows in Newcastle. That's where I grew up, and I know those sides. But the artist I play with, I've really narrowed. uh, There's a couple. There's um, a guy called Sky Pain, a really good uh, singer and keyboardist, and and uh, another artist called Jingle. I sort of landed. I've done several shows with those guys, but there there have been quite a few shows where I've played with other people and they sound brilliant and I, I was happy how I played, but it didn't really make sense maybe why we were playing together. Like, and it's not that the same artists or genre have to play together, but it, it just, it didn't really match. And you could sort of sense that maybe a little bit. And so it has been isolating at, at, at times, I suppose. That goes back to, My original sort of drive behind this, which was it was always about just doing something I was interested in. And if other people followed, then that was a bonus. So as much as it would be good to maybe have some other set and maybe there are people listening that are like, oh, I'd really like to play and fit with that. I think it opens up other possibilities because you end up playing shows with people that... Don't necessarily cross over to your style of music, but um, therefore people go to watch them, and then they're like, "What, what the heck is this thing?" <laughs> you know. And I've had people come up to me, like even security at a venue once, who was like, "That was awesome! What the? I've never <laughs> seen it. this guy in New- uh, Hamilton Station." And I remember he came up and he was like, "What? What the heck was that?" Like, and I was like, "Oh, thanks." He was like, "That was really cool." So I think sometimes I can almost be like the underdog; no one's expecting anything, <laughs> and then people are like oh, man, what, where did that fit into that band I just saw before? So I think it has its advantages as well. Um, there's no real expectation.
1: <laughs> and as well as that, though, how, how do you meet objections or anything of that like to electronic music? Because some people... You know, you mentioned live shows and some people have the perception of it's all computer stuff. You just hit a space bar and it's all automated. You're not doing anything like we know obviously you're playing drums and you're doing a lot of instruments and, you know, programming that way. But Mm. what's your common hit back to people who are (laughs) perhaps resistant to a lot of electronic music?
2: That's a good question. I think a lot of uh, it's it's like anything. A lot of the mainstream stuff you hear is it's 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 not always going to be the best quality. You, you you know, and that's the same in metal music or, or any genre. You know, um, it's not necessarily the best. You might have to dig a little bit deeper. I would say a couple of things. A lot of the times they're really good mixers and they're really good at mastering up on the stage. But, y- you know, I'm not sure if that's necessarily um, being a musician per se. Really good electronic artists. And there are some really good live ones like a guy called Fortet will improvise a lot and he'll, he'll literally start with a beat and just start composing it on stage. I can really see people's objections because, like I said, that was a bit of a driving force for me to play live. But I would encourage people to, to check out maybe some of the uh, more obscure artists. Like I mentioned, Hudson Mohawk. There's some really good uh, Australian um, producers as well. And even if their live sound isn't necessarily what pulls people in, their recordings are often just pieces of absolute art. The level of uh, detail and composition and just pure emotion and build up is, is often just You know, the the power of electronic music, if you can think of something, you know, it's like there's no end to possibilities, you know, Mm. whereas some other genres are a little bit more limiting. I think most really good quality electronic artists know that maybe them standing there pushing buttons isn't going to be enough. There needs to be some interaction and live component to it Mm. that involves a person, you know.
1: (laughs) Do you think it's a misunderstood genre?
2: Uh, I... Yeah, I, th- I I think I think it can be. I think it, you know it, the same sort of change that I think hip hop and rap went through in the eighties and nineties, where it wasn't really seen as music per se. You know, I think electronic music sort of gone through a similar phase through the two thousands and through till now. Like I said, it, it, it's one of those things where you you really got to look a little bit. To, you got to dig a little bit deeper. Um, you know, if it's being played really mainstream it doesn't mean it's not good quality but it just might mean you might need to look a little bit
1: harder to find something that uh that that, that's a little bit more interesting and to find a meaning as well right because the show that the song that we played coming in and the song we're going to go out on to anyone who might not be familiar it just sounds like a drumbeat and some noise and some things going on because you mentioned there's no lyrics but you Ah. are conveying a story Mm. and a message and a theme through The music and everything that you're producing. So, by looking a bit deeper, you might be able to help understand Mm. a bit of that as well. I hope so. Yeah, Yeah.
0: we're battling on a few fronts too. Like we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, how people kind of check out of wanting to explore new music by the time they're 30. Biologically, in the brain, people lose that that interest in kind of (laughs) branching out. But if people can just, I just, I I think it is misunderstood as so many genres are. If you can just go back. Does it make you feel something? There's an artist there trying to communicate something with you, yeah. go back to the bare bones and listen to that, and you can explore music in a whole new light. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, it's artists like yourself that are pushing that, and and we're seeing that generational shift, which is, which is really nice as well, where it's going, as you said, through that, what hip-hop went through, Now we're having electronic and all we're seeing is the evolution of communication Mm. by music and Mm. different ways of doing it. We now have things available to us that we didn't previously and new minds coming at it in different ways, which is really, really interesting. Mm. You mentioned as well that music is a really good outlet for yourself and Mm. when we've spoken back and forth ahead of this interview, you were telling me that you were um, a social worker which would bring in with it a lot of heavy things to deal with And also a father of of two boys So mm. how, how does music fit into that And uh, as an outlet for yourself And a, a
2: kind of means of, of coping And dealing with some of the challenges that that would all bring. A doctor I worked with a long time ago, he used to talk about his his art, so he would paint was a counterweight, and I always liked that phrase. And I think you asked really nicely before about theory. One of the reasons why I don't research a lot about the theory is because my job is so heavily involved in that. So that's left brain, you know, a lot of emotional uh, um, connection around that, but a lot of constantly looking at evidence base, and what does the evidence say, and what, what what is the best approach. This side of the brain is really important for me. It's like gardening a garden as well which is I am just going by feeling um, I, I might start with an idea and I build on that and sometimes I just get lost in that like I'm trying to convey like I was saying here, you know here's an idea I'm trying to convey how do I convey that without lyrics you know um, and and how do I do that without over analyzing it you know and 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 I think that's the that's the um, that's the counterweight for me is um not pushing the point and just ultimately trying to enjoy it and writing for myself. Like I said, I'm adamant. If a couple of people are interested in it, it's really nice when people connect and you, you mentioned that today, that's great. But ultimately this music's for me, you know, it's a very selfish endeavor, you know, this is for me. <laughs> if you like it, great. I, I'm. I, please tell me that. <laughs> I'd love to hear that. But It's got to start with me. It's what I enjoy. I enjoy what I write. I enjoy playing it to my my son, my sons, you know, they, um, my oldest in particular really encourages me. He, you know, he named that song, by the way, sorry, I can't be in the band anymore. He said that to me at one point when we were writing together. He just put his hands in the air was about four or five and said, sorry, I can't be in the band anymore. And I was like, that is the best thing for a song (laughs) because I straight away (laughs) wrote that down. But again, that's a moment captured that I, that's the other, sorry, it's a very long-winded answer. That's the other aspect to it. These, these, you go back to those recordings, they're they're like time capsules for me. Like they were moments I have samples on there of my son or I have samples of the songs. uh, Shosham's got a sample of my dad, a voice message that he left me after he heard my music and he talks about how he proud of uh, he is of me and how much he loves it and he couldn't do it and i was like well that's like a timestamp." so these are almost like a bit of a a bit of a journal for me as well like um that's what i think music can do as well it captures a feeling captures an idea and it puts it down and, and and it's there it's there whenever you want to listen to it again yeah, to I've connect been, with that yeah.
0: to, to the to the, whoever the non-believers are that we were referring to earlier, <laughs> if we could just package that up and blast it in their ears, I think that'd be the best way of communicating it possible. But no, that that's awesome. Yeah, we will get to your track Shoshin, in um, just a minute. I wanted to touch on it quickly as well. You're being you're releasing your music via Milk Thistle Records out of Melbourne. So how mm. did that come about, and also how's that relationship been um, for you
2: to be able to have that label to kind of work with? Joel, who who runs that label. I reached out to him many years ago, and he was—he's an electronic artist, a really good electronic artist, uh, called Scatterbrain, and he had done some releases of his own and some remixes. And I just, again, as things were just building up, I was like, I wonder how I can get this out. And um, he was a friend of of, of my brother's and he just showed a real interest from the start just really just encouraging he he was happy to put on his label he helped me when the design came up and the promotion very very independent very low key uh, again it's, it's not about accumulating <laughs> wealth or or trying to necessarily do it other than maybe seeing if there's a couple of ears out there that are you know that connect and vibe with it so yeah he released uh, i was on a run i released an album in 2018 2019 and 2020 I did I remember I wrote an album every year and he released all three of those and I've got uh three more tracks that I'm hoping to release this year and I'm really happy with these tracks I play a couple of these live um and yeah hopefully I'll be able to do it on his label hence why I was also able to do a show in Melbourne a couple of years ago he helped promote that and um that was a really cool experience as well
0: Fantastic. Well, we'll get to Shoshin. Now you have a gig coming up at the Lincoln pin. So, um, for those listening, you know, if, if, if you want to see this live which i think we want to um you should be encouraged to do it you've got lincoln been coming up keep your eyes peeled for that we haven't got a date just yet but we're thinking april is that right
2: yeah probably april um, maybe late april i'm just waiting on the other support artists and it's yeah they get a lot of uh artists there so i think they're quite booked out for either late april or early may will be when i'll be playing there next
0: awesome We'll do our bit to direct people to that once we have an announcement. But for the time being, we're going to hit play on Shoshin right now. Patrick, Dialectic, thank you so much for coming in and chatting. It's been super interesting.
2: Thanks, guys. Appreciate the time.
0: Get it all at www.homebrew.au.
1: Why is it not your internet homepage right now?
0: Yeah, if it's not, I, I don't see any other reason why you would need to use the internet other than to access <laughs> our content. And if there is another reason, I'd like you to email it to me and I can deem whether it's worthy or not. And that
2: email can be found at www.homebrewed.au. Catcher Catcher and